Huzzah, Rangers! This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I am joined with Diamond Dave. Dave, how the hell are you? I'm doing fantastic, Phil. How about you? Not too bad. It's a little humid out here in New England today, so I'm struggling with that. But we got Bodine Waka, Mr. MVP himself. Bodine, how the hell are you? I'm awesome. I'm just loving this heat that's come in over the last couple of days. So yep. enjoying as much sun as I can before I'm back back to cold winter in New Zealand. There you go. So, so glad that we actually have you coming back onto the show here. The last time we spoke with you, you were in Japan. So quite a bit different digs nowadays back in the Boston area with the New England Free Jacks. We're so, so happy that that is the case. And, you know, we were kind of alluding that we would hope that that would take place, you know, in, during the last interview, but nothing was set in stone. But it's so <laughs> great to see you back in the red, white and blue. I got a quick question for you now. That video that we took in the in the airport there at Boston Logan, where all of us, all the Rangers were there, that's really got some legs on it, man. I've seen that all over the place uh, on Fox uh, Sports 2. It was most recently on the docuseries that the Free Jacks are doing. So I got to ask you, man, what was really going through your mind when you saw us uh, creeping up on you at 1 o'clock in the morning when you were getting your bags? <laughs> <laughs> it was really unexpected. Uh, obviously, I had had word from a few people um, that these were um, going to show face, but knowing yep. I was um, rocking up at, on a Saturday 1 a.m. in the morning, yep. um, I thought, nah, this can't be really happening. And and to pick up my bags and then hear, hear you guys um, all shouting out and for me to turn around and see all of you guys, I was pretty yep. special. I was really honored to you know get a welcoming like that back Hell to yeah. Boston. You know, that's something that we kind of debated about internally within the Outriders chat. Like, do we really want to do this? Is this something that we should focus on? But I, I really feel like, you know, for this league to really resonate with American sports watchers, you have to have guys that are like superstars or, you know, you want to have those profiles of certain players. Obviously, rugby is a very, very team sport. It's very team oriented. But you have to have players that people want to focus on because that LeBron James, Tom Brady. I can go on on and on and on. So I'm so glad that you're back with us. You know, you were the MVP of the league last year. You did an amazing job last season. But I do have to ask you, you know, rewinding while you were in Japan, I wanted to ask, who has the better food, Kobe, Japan, or Boston? Who, who you got? Uh, it's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I, I enjoy uh, the Boston food, but I think I'm going to have to go with Japan. I've always been um, a lover of um, – uh, Japanese food and everything, and to go there and live there and, and experience all the all sorts of type of food, uh, it was pretty pretty amazing. I, I'm a little shocked to hear you say that because I know that you got uh, a what was it a food borne illness while you were over there. I think you <laughs> ate like raw liver or something like that, and were sick for <laughs> sick for a couple of days. Yeah, I, I didn't eat much of that um, after that incident, uh, but uh, I'm a big sushi fan, uh, so I always had a lot of sushi trains and and whatnot, and just just really filling myself up on on a lot of carbohydrates and, and whatnot. Sure, sure. Next question for you here. It also has to do with your time in Japan compared to Boston. Uh, a lot of people know Tokyo, right? World famous city in Japan, but not a lot of people are too familiar with Kobe. So what's more, uh, who has the more fun things to do? Kobe, Japan or Boston? What you got there? Um, I'd say Boston, actually. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of events happening here. 
Um, whereas Kobe is not so much of a city party town kind of thing. Okay. Um, mainly everyone around the Kansai area head over to Osaka, um, and that's where a lot of the concerts and, and everything like that goes. Um, gotcha. So I'm going to have to go with Boston on that one. Love it. One for one, not too bad. Uh, if that's a baseball <laughs> stat, you're doing pretty well for that day. Uh, let's talk about what you learned in Japan that you have brought back here to New England. Any type of, you know, mindset or, you know, skill sets that you learned over there that uh, you're bringing back to the New England Free Jacks? I've learned uh, quite a lot over there um, through various people, coaches, players, Um it's hard to pick out one thing that I've really picked up on and brought back. Mm-hmm. It's been um, it's been actually pretty tough for me coming back into Boston. To be fair, I picked up a niggle here and there, so mm-hmm. I haven't been really out on the field uh, training, um, playing every game since I've been back. Um, but I guess uh, in Japan, I've got to go with um, some good friends like Nani Lomape, um, who's obviously an All Black, and he he was actually playing in, in Japan. Uh, he taught me a lot of things on how he um, started his pathway. And because we obviously started together um, mm-hmm. through schoolboy rugby. And then he obviously went on to league and then came back to rugby and, and then made a name for himself with the All Blacks and had a regular season. Um, I was more leaning on him with the off field stuff, not so mm-hmm. much the on field. Um, right. I've always just been on field, on field, on field, and not really focusing um, on my off field. And I had I got a lot of tips off um, how he managed um, his all his off field things. So yeah, I could I can't pick out something specific that I put yeah. from Japan back to Boston. No worries, I appreciate that answer. I know that you know I'm sure you enjoyed your time over there, but I know that you're glad to be back over here uh, in the Boston area. You've signed an ex, you know extension that you know that Dave's going to ask you questions about here shortly. So we're really really excited to see you here through uh, the 2025 season. So my next question is, what have you noticed in terms of an evolution in the actual locker room, the culture of the team compared to last season? Is it pretty much the same, or is it a little bit different? I, I would say it's pretty much the same. The only thing mm-hmm. that's different is just the, the change of personnel. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, the, the locker room changes, everything. You know, when we get in before a game, after the game, it, it, to me, it all feels like it's still the same buzz, um, just different people. So, and, and nothing's really has changed. Um, and it, I guess there's just a few more boys that are get, uh, feeling a lot more confident and comfortable that are actually mm-hmm. speaking out now, which is awesome because that's what that's we great. need is people yes. to be able to speak their mind and because no answer or anything's a wrong answer. Mm-hmm. As long as everyone has their input and, and everyone can take their input in, and it's only just going to help us make us well, help us grow, really. Absolutely. That's a great answer to that. I'm, that's very, very encouraging to hear. Now, obviously, you know, with 16 new players coming in in the offseason for the Free Jacks, I was a little concerned. You know, I was wondering how the chemistry would work out within the locker room. A lot of those guys could start on other MLR teams. So it's very, very encouraging to hear that the culture of the locker room, the culture of the team is still very, very strong. That's very, very encouraging stuff. Um, the Rangers were eagerly anticipating seeing you back at 10 for a full 80 minutes, but you took a shot to the ribs early against Houston and came out early. Uh, we saw in the uh, the email that was sent out today for the Free Jacks uh, that you're not in the uh, the 23 in the Eastern Com- Conference Finals. How are you feeling physically? Um, not good, hence why I'm not in the 23 this week mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, 
But the recovery is going well. I'm doing everything that I need to do. I've been stuck in with the medical team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's basically, it's an injury that you can't sort of manage, I guess. Yep. Well, can't really rely on the physios to, to fix. It's one of those injuries where it's, it's just going to take time itself to heal. So yep. I don't know. Um, I'm hoping over these next few days it comes, oh, I guess I hope it's better than it is mm-hmm. now. And um, hopefully can put my foot forward for um, hopefully next week if we do a good job. Well, when we do a job on yeah. the big Exactly. Yeah, I like the way that you ended that there because we really anticipate that the Free Jacks, I mean, obviously anything can happen on a rugby pitch, right? But we're really, really right. anticipating the Free Jacks advancing. Both Dave and I picked uh, the Free Jacks to advance to Chicago. And I know a lot of people out there would love to see you in that red, white, and blue in the final there in Chicago if the Free Jacks do indeed make it. So really fingers crossed out there for all of the Free Jacks fans for Waka's recovery and selection in the 23. Um, uh, what were your impressions of watching DC in your first appearance back in 2023 here in a Free Jacks uniform down there at Segra Field and also most recently in the Eastern Conference Eliminator? What did you think of DC? DC? Um, they're a team that's growing just like us. Um, Free Jacks are growing immensely and you can see it with uh, the DC boys. Um, they've kept their core group uh, down there. And they've done great things, and it's it's kind of a no-brainer that they're in the Eastern Conference Final. Um, playing against them uh, a few weeks back now down in Washington, heading out on the field, you could just get that feel that um that yeah they're they're a different team, a stronger team, uh, a team that's um, using their players strategically, um, and then watching them over the weekend against the New York boys, um, for them mm-hmm. to get up against a strong New York side. Who were the who were the MLR champs last year at their own home field? Mm-hmm. Um, to watch the DC boys get up and do a job on them, uh, I give a lot of credit to DC. They deserved it. Absolutely. That's a great way to describe it. They deserve to win that game. Uh, They look very, very dangerous heading into Fort Quincy in this matchup on Saturday. Dave described it best. You know, the best description I've heard of that game was DC has that dog in them, man. They're Mm. not scared of anybody uh, and they will go toe to toe with the Free Jacks and hopefully we'll come out on top on that. My last question for you, Bodine, is what has this week of practice been like preparing for DC in the Eastern Conference final? Obviously, you know, you're a little banged up, but what have you seen from the boys? I just love the energy the boys are bringing um, this week. Uh, uh, Obviously, I've been trying to get out and participate as much as I can, Mm -hmm. but just the way the boys um, have taken each day uh, and the way they've just so switched on and, you know, wanting to do, I guess, one better than what we did last year. Everyone's just nailing their their core roles and the excitement within the group is, is, is amazing. So, I think we're we're going to be out on Saturday. You're going to see something pretty special because, uh, yeah, today we had our big training day and mm-hmm. and the boys were on. Uh, nice. They were ready to go. Um, hopefully, we have a nice, quiet captain's tomorrow, and then it's it's all on on Saturday. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it's all going to be on on Saturday for sure. I haven't been to a practice since uh, before the Seattle game, but I will tell you what, that award ceremony that I was at, you sat beside of me there at the uh, the table, it was absolutely hissing, man. Like there was a lot of energy within that room for all of the award winners and stuff like that. So I kind of look at that and like, this team is together, man. These guys are brothers. They love each other. 
So that's all I really need to see. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I'm not there at all the practices. I don't know exactly what's going on. But that right there showed me a lot uh, and, and how much they encourage each other. So I appreciate your time, Walk. I'm going to let Dave take over. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, Bodine, you already mentioned that you'll be headed to the cold New Zealand winter soon. Uh, you'll be headed back down there for a campaign in the NPC with the Manawatu Turbos alongside Mike Rogers, who's going to be the head coach there, as well as some other familiar faces. Um, are you excited to continue that relationship with uh, Mike and playing for him? as well uh, in a different role now, you know, as a head coach. So it's slightly different, but, you know, working with him, uh, you know him well. Uh, and just moving into the NPC with, like, a new team, you know, that experience of getting to know a new group of guys. Yeah, I enjoy um, being coached by Mike. Um, I like the way he um, he brings in different ideas and tries to – incorporate a fun energetic environment um, and that's what he's been doing with the free jacks the last two years and you can tell that's why we've been performing so well um so heading over the ditch oh yeah over the big ditch it's a big ditch <laughs> <laughs> over the big ditch back home to new zealand um to play for mike and and with a new club um it's really exciting um i've always wanted to play go back and play an npc this i think will will probably be my seventh or eighth season playing in that competition. Yep. So um, I'm looking forward to getting back out. It's been a while since I put the boots on back home on home soil. Uh, and yeah, I think Mike's done a good job um, making and creating this connection with uh, Free Jacks one or two. Now we get to bring a few of our boys over here who have been playing out of their, sh out of their boots um, to go and, and they see what they can do over New Zealand and, not only to perform as well, but to learn and grow as players, because I think they're going to get a lot out of um, playing over in New Zealand. Yeah, that's excellent. It extends even to like Colton, the video guy, right? Like it's a <laughs> it's a pretty cool opportunity for people and you know players like you mentioned, and, and but also even like staff like like that, really mm -hmm. just getting to continue to hone their craft and learn in a different environment, different culture. And of course, you know, for the Americans, especially just to experience New Zealand for the first time yep. um, and not for the first time for everybody. Some of the boys have been gone over a couple times. Uh, you were born in Bay of Plenty. You played in Taranaki. Is that right? No. no. Oh, Wik Wik your Wikipedia is wrong. I'll update it later. Where, uh, tell <laughs> where, where were you born? I was actually born in Australia, Melbourne. Oh, OK. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to. Wow. I won't tell anybody. Okay. Do you have a Bay of Plenty connection or no? Uh, that's home for me, Bay of Plenty. Okay. That's okay. Where, that's where family lives. Families lives. Okay. Great. So you do have the Bay of Plenty connection. You played in Taranaki, right? right? Yes. Um, and now you're headed to Manawatu. That's a lot of divided loyalty all on the North Island, right? And the NPC well, is, is kind of territorial. You've also missed out Waikato with Waikato as well. Oh right, Waikato. <laughs> right. So, is it the the from my understanding as an American, the 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 fans are are the NPC is like a very regional competition, right? Like it, there's a lot of pride in like the the regional team. Um, is it common for? four players to play all over in the NPC like that four teams is pretty or four places is kind of a lot. Um, 
is there going to be like some divided loyalty for for you? Uh, do you have an NPC team that like you rooted for growing up? How does that how does that all play in for you as you head back to that competition for the first time in a while? Uh, I wouldn't say it's common for players just to jump ship to ship, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, it's a business kind of thing. Like you got to yeah. go where where you're going to survive, and you know, try and make a make a little bit of money for you for you after your rugby career. Um, I guess you said, um, what have I preferred? Um, do you have like do you have a, a team that you rooted for? You know, it was your NPC oh, yeah, team yeah. growing up. Like, well, obviously, growing up in the Bay of Plenty, I've always wanted to play for Bay of Plenty, and I've tried to go back there many a times, but yeah. just wasn't quite good enough for them apparently. So, um, so out of high school, I shot over to Taranaki um, on a contract straight away. So, uh, I obviously wanted to play for them and stick with them for as long as I can until. After my first season, I had to depart um, to another club, which ended up going to Waikato, which was closer to home for me. Um, and then stuck around there for two years before I ended up jetting overseas and started trying to make a living over there uh, in different parts of the uh, the world. Um, but no, nah, I wouldn't say it's a common thing for players just to be jumping ship to ship. Everyone tries to keep their loyalty from wherever they they come from. But yeah, like I said, at the end of the day, you you basically go where you you have to go, and if you're not wanted in one place, then you know you got to start looking elsewhere um, yeah. to you know try and live out your rugby dream too. Because you know, I don't want to stop playing rugby, so I got to you know if I can't play in my hometown, I've got to go and look somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. You go where the where the jersey is, right? You, you go where the, there's a chance to to get out there and to train and to get on the get on the pitch on Saturday. Right. Um, we should note, cause we spent a little bit of time talking about NPC that you are signed through 2025 with the free Jacks. Those seasons are complimentary, right? They don't overlap or conflict with each other. So it's awesome to see you and the other boys, uh, playing down there and, and working down there. Um, what were some of the things that were factors when you decided to sign that new two plus year deal with the free Jacks? Was it a tough decision, easy decision? No, I wouldn't say it was a tough decision. I, I love um, Boston and the Free Jacks. And it was when I was off, uh, offered to come back, I sort of pulled away at start just because I wanted to you know, keep my rugby dreams over in Japan alive. Um, but yep. obviously that um, that fell through. So um, it was just a phone call to TK and, and the coaches and be like, hey, is, that, um, is, there, is there still an opportunity to come back? Because... Now, I, I've loved playing my rugby over here. I've been here for four seasons now, so I just wanted to get back and enjoy the footy with um, a good, a good group of boys and meet you know, all the new boys that have come in this year. So yeah, but yeah, it wasn't a really tough decision. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. Um, Phil asked about food earlier. I've got another food question for you. Is there a you mentioned you love Japanese food and said sushi in particular? Is there an American food that you really enjoy when you're here? Is there one thing that you think of, or like when you came back to Boston, was there one thing where you were like, I can't wait to go get you know this? Um, yeah, I think the first the first place I wanted to go to, and it's probably the most unhealthiest place in Boston, um, was actually Popeyes. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I enjoyed Popeyes, man. It's a good, um, a good hangover cure food. Um, Absolutely. um, Yeah, that was probably one of the, one of the top on my list to come, come back in and get stuck into. You can't beat some good fried chicken. We eat a lot of Popeyes in this house. It's good. We just had one open up in our town like a year ago, and I was it was very excited. Good day for me and a bad day for my wallet and my waistline. Uh, do you have any pregame rituals or a pregame meal you eat every time? All I could ever choke down is like a, a protein shake and maybe a bagel. It was, it was tough. Always tough for me to eat anything before a match. Um. Uh, pre-game routine. Uh, I always enjoy listening to um, kapahaka. It's just a traditional, um, um, I guess, a lot of Maori songs and dance, Maori dancing, and everything that go, that happens back home. It's a traditional thing that happens every year, nas- uh, regionally and nationally. Okay. Uh, so I always get, I'll be tucked up in bed, got the laptop open, and you know, watch a few few of my favorite groups that perform or. You know, listen to a few of my favorite songs that I enjoy listening to, and I guess um, food-wise, normally a night before it would be a fettuccine, chicken fettuccine or something, um, just to try and get in those carbs um, yeah. for the next day because you know the engine's got to be hissing um, come game time. <laughs> Absolutely, it takes a lot of work, a lot of calories. <laughs> um, we saw in the most recent episode of the documentary the team's been putting out, uh, Proven, um, we saw some hints and some footage of a staff 100-meter dash. <laughs> but they did not conclusively give us the information that fans really want. So I have two questions. First, what mini team are you on, and who did you guys bet on for the, for the staff 100-meter dash? And then second... How'd the bet pay out? Who won, and were you guys right? Um, I'm with the GMB, uh, Green Mountain Boys. Nice. Um, and we actually went for Mike Bonapans and Mike Rogers, knowing they only had 55, 60 meters to run. Yeah, it was a other, handicap. Other, yeah, the other lads had quite a distance to run. Nice. And I think we actually won the competition. Uh, we, we picked the right so. And, um, we accumulate points by each person picking one person to win, and uh, so all of us were basically picking Mike Rogers or Mike Bonapans. Um, and yeah, so we I think we tallied up the most points out of all the other mini teams. Mini teams. Excellent, excellent. And the Mike. Although, the or, and also I think there was a disqualification because um, I think Mike Rogers might have jumped the gun. <laughs> so they had video video footage and they went through it and yeah he, he got dq'd but we still had um a lot of boys that put their hand up for bummer puns oh i love that that's great uh i guess 45 meters wasn't enough of a head start for him right you gotta get <laughs> you gotta jump the gun a little bit get one or two steps in too hilarious um speaking of the mini teams uh what were some of the highlights and lowlights of the mini team activities this season i know last year we we watched everybody eat was it a marmite toast (laughs) at one point you know that that seemed like you know some of the boys didn't care at all but uh, a few looked like they were struggling with it a little bit so any any highlights or lowlights from the stuff this year um i missed 
quite a lot of the season with yeah. um, all of that stuff. That when I got in there, there was a lot, lot of things. Um, I think the low light would probably be our skipper picking our teams. Um, oh no, Carl Sequeira, um, yep. he got to pick our teams in the season, and and yeah, he, he picked a, a not so good team because we ended Uh-oh. up coming last. We oh no, um, that's a shame. <laughs> But I guess another low light is like, it's, well, not a low light, but on tour when we're traveling, yeah. um, speaking last when I was with squad full time, a lot of the GMV boys weren't getting picked. So on tour when we had like quizzes or Kahoot, there's only like one, two, maybe three of us in the team where Bedford Militia could have like six, Ooh, seven, eight of them. Wow. Um, so it was a it was tough for us boys to try and um, yeah. win quizzes or or whatnot with only two, three of us compared to six, seven, eight of the other boys and other teams. Yeah, that'll make and, it that'll make it tough. A little bit lopsided. Yeah, so uh, I, I could I can't say there's a bit of a highlight for a oh, high for us this year because yeah we, we ended up taking away the wooden screen which is not nice. That's rough. <laughs> That's tough. Um, I have a question about kicking conversions and it's very specific so you have to indulge me i i do the huzzas every time we score a try right at home yeah, and yeah. for a long time like for like two seasons i tried to be really careful to not do it during the conversion right like i would wait let you you or whoever was kicking kick the conversion and then do it and then i i stopped being as careful and it seemed like nobody cared so my question is <laughs> as a kicker do you care about the noise level of the crowd? Because I've heard everything from the quiet actually messes with some kickers more than just normal noise to kickers just don't care at all. Like they don't even notice they're professionals and kind of everything in between. So what's your what's your stance on noise during the kick? And specifically, should we hold the huzzas until after the conversion or just let them rip, you know, let the crowd have fun? we got to get a lot in there. Sometimes you guys are scoring seven, eight tries in a game. So, <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to have to bring my boy Potty on here to answer that because I actually don't mind it. Um, <laughs> especially when the opposition are trying to give me stick before I'm kicking the goal because yep. I guess once the ball goes over, it's good to, you know, give them that little eye and give them a <laughs> wink or a little smile Hell. and be like, hey, I love that. Keep bringing it. I'll, yep. I'll keep putting it through the sticks if you're going to keep fishing out that sort of stuff. So, per- personally, I actually don't mind it. Um, but yeah, again, uh, Potty's the one kicking goals this weekend, so right. he's probably the one that we probably need to talk to. Yeah, that's the that's the tough part about making policy when really it comes down to like each individual kicker, right? Like everybody is going to have a slightly different response or a different take. So I'll, I'll, next time I see him, I'll pull him aside. I'll, I'll, I'll try and get the all clear. Um, this My last real rugby question is one about uh, New Zealand Sevens and one of the players on DC. How well do you know Kurt Baker? And were you able to give anybody any inside lines on how to either get under his skin or, you know, get one over on him? Got a bad left step, anything like that? Uh, I know Krato pretty well. I played Taranaki rugby with him, um, uh, and obviously the sevens as well. Um, I it's a hard one because Krato is one of those guys that um, no matter what you say to him, he doesn't even take. He just takes it on the chin. Yeah. He's hard to. He's really hard to rattle. Um, 
yeah, I think a few of the boys tried to get into him the last game they played um, here at home. Um, and I think he actually just gave it straight back to the boys. Um, there's, there's a comment that I've heard, um, but I don't think it's appropriate to say on here. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I know he, he's one of those tough guys that you know, he can take um, criticisms and just take whatever yeah. comes, but he knows how to dish it straight back out. Um, but I, I guess we've got a lot of boys that know Potty on the, on the field as well. So, you know, the more more boys that know him that can get stuck into him, it might try and put him off his game a bit. But, you know, he, he is a character. Oh, crap. That's I'll give, it, give that to him. Yeah, character for sure. He's he's kind of a, leg- a legendary, I don't know what noun to use. He's not a grub. It's not like a dirty player or like nasty, but he just, he can bother anybody, right? Like he can really get under the other team's skin pretty easily. He's DC's pest. He's their Jesse Peretti, <laughs> but just not as physical, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, all he needs is a look. Like he yeah. honestly seems like the kind of guy who just all he's got to do is look at you and you're bothered, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Now, my last few questions are are very weird, even by my standards. I went ahead and I stole one of my favorite segments from like a a, a quiz show that I like to to listen to. Wait, wait, don't tell me. Which is not my job. So. Bodine, you are very well known as a rugby player, and particularly uh, as of late, you played some fly half, but also fullback. I want to ask you some multiple choice questions about American football fullbacks. It's also a position in American football. And these are questions you're not going to know. You're just going to have to (laughs) guess based on the answers, which what sounds the funniest, the silliest makes the most sense, whatever your criteria is, all right? So here's the first question. In what offensive football scheme, like a formation, how the players line up, right? In what scheme is the fullback the main ball carrier? Is it in the air raid offense, the shotgun offense, West Coast offense, or the wing T offense? Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna take a wild guess. It's the shotgun offense. Sh- shotgun. That is incorrect. It oh. is the wing. In the wing T, the fullback is the only ball carrier, like player behind the quarterback. He's the only guy back there, so he's gonna be running it. Uh, that's okay though. We got a few more questions. You got another couple chances. Uh, this just- next. I can just uh, I can hear the boys up there watching. They're just gonna roast me tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's all right. That's all right. I'm gonna be honest, Booty. I I couldn't have gotten that one either. That was that was a tough one. All right. Next question. In this play, uh, displayed on my camera here, this is a oh football play. This is a trap play. The top play. You can ignore the bottom part. Okay. The top one is a trap play out of an eye formation. Now, in this play, is the fullback A, lead blocking for the ball carrier, B, carrying the ball himself, or C, fill blocking for the pulling guard? Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think Phil's trying to give you some help over there. We got So A, lead blocking, B, carrying the ball himself, or C, fill blocking for the pulling guard? 
<laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go there the last one. <laughs> yeah, see, that's correct. Oh, <laughs> that's right. So in a trap in this trap play, the guard who's who's it runs across the line and blocks a different defender. It's like a trick play, sort of. Um, and then the fullback runs where the guard was and blocks which whoever was gonna come through. All right. All right. Yeah. Excellent. You, so you got one right. There you go. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> this one's this one's this one's not too bad. When the offense is passing and the full black the fullback is blocking in a zone pass block, should the fullback be looking for blitzers, players to block who are coming in to try to tackle the quarterback? Should he be looking A from the inside out? B wherever he wants. Just don't let anybody hit the quarterback. <laughs> or C, on the sideline, because nobody really likes the quarterback anyway. Just let him hit. <laughs> oh, no. I'm still going to get this wrong. Um... So A, inside out, look from the middle and block the first player who comes through from the inside out. B, just block anybody. Who cares? Or C, don't even bother blocking. Just let him sack the quarterback. I'm going to go with A, but I bet you it's one of those two silly answers. No, it's A. A is correct. Inside out. Yep. Guard the middle. If somebody blitzes through, just take them out. If nobody comes through the middle, work your way out and just block whoever's coming through a different gap. All right. Last question, and this is definitely the best one. Uh, the most famous fullback in recent history is Michael Allstott. Um, fullback's not super popular in NFL. You see it more at college and other levels. Just they use different schemes that just don't have that position, right? But there was a fairly famous, very famous fullback pretty recently, and he was kind of famous for being sort of an old in an old school position and still being in the NFL. Michael Allstott. He won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers exactly 20 years ago. And he has the most rushing touchdowns for the Buccaneers in their team history still. Which of the following is a real thing, a real feature at Raymond James Stadium, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers home field? This is one of those crazy full-on NFL fields, right? <laughs> is it A, a hundred-foot-long replica of a pirate ship? B, a ten-foot-tall giant skull? Or C, eight cannons that are fired whenever the team scores a touchdown. Oh, yeah. Uh, can you uh, read up? Yeah, thing? I'll go through them again. So the first one, a hundred foot long replica pirate ship, right? Because their logo is like a, you know, cross swords and like a skull. They're like a pirate themed team, right? So a hundred foot long replica pirate ship. A 10-foot-tall giant skull, just a 10-foot-tall skull, or eight cannons that they fire every time the team scores a touchdown? Uh, another wild, wild guess. Gonna go with A. A, 100-foot-long replica pirate ship. That is correct. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers also have a 10-foot-tall giant skull in their stadium, and they have eight cannons that are fired whenever they score a touchdown. Wow. All three of those answers are correct. I knew about the first one. I knew about the first one. I don't know about the rest. That's pretty cool. All right. That's not bad. You went three for four on the quiz. That's good enough yeah. to earn uh, you know, something. I don't know. I'll buy you a beer if I see you. How's that? Oh, I love it. love a good old beer. Excellent, sir. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. It's always fun to talk rugby and talk whatever other stupid shit I want to talk about when you're on here. 
So I appreciate it, and uh, I'll give you back to Phil. Thanks for coming on, Bodine. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Bozo's got a quick little comment here. Bodine, how wild would it be for the Rangers to show up at Manawatu uh, and go to a match? Hashtag Turbo Jacks. I like that little uh, combination of the names there. I'd love for us to to come out there to New Zealand. I think it would be a blast. Um, next one here is what advice would you, uh, what advice have you been giving to John Poland on his move to Kiwiland in the NPC, how it compares to the MLR is essentially what, uh, Ranger Mark is asking. What do you be, what have you been telling John Poland? I don't really been giving him advice. I, I've probably just, I've been talking to him about it and basically all I've been saying is just play your game. Um, I think he's one of the most talented halfbacks that I've ever played with. Now his passing is spot on, his game awareness is, is pretty slick and, and his box kicks, I haven't seen a halfback that can box kick um, that well um, week in, week out and just you know, always just doing it on on repeat. Um, so yeah, no, I haven't really been giving him advice but I've, also, I've just been telling him just to you know, if you get your opportunity kind of thing, um, just go out and take it with two hands because, you know, who we don't know where after the after the season that he's going to have, where he could end up, you know, because there's going to be a lot of people watching and, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there'll be a lot of scouts and coaches that will they'll be watching as well. So uh, I guess, yeah, just go out and have fun and enjoy footy because that's what it's all about. Excellent advice, sir. And, and, you know, we agree that John Poland is my, maybe one of the most underrated players in MLR. The guy is absolute money week in and week out. And he has one of the best box kicks in the whole world, I think, uh, playing the position of nine. Like, he is super, super good. So we're, we've been lucky to have him since the very, very beginning. He's right up there in that Mount Rushmore free jacks with Josh mm-hmm. Larson, yourself, Mitch Wilson, and John Poland is definitely up there for sure. So, Bodine, we appreciate you coming on here. Do you have any words for the Free Jacks fans, the Rangers out there? Uh, not much. Just turn up on Saturday, get rowdy, get a few beers in you. Yeah. Um, it's going to be all on because um, we want to take it a step further this year and head to that, um, head to Chicago and play on the big start. So, uh, yeah, mate, let's, let's make Saturday a good one. And, yeah, huzzah! Love it, huzzah. love it, love it. Hell yeah, huzzah. Hope to see you in Section 5, Bodine. Uh, since you're not going to be playing, we'd love to have you in there cheering on the boys. And with that being said, I'm going to do a big huzzah in three, two, one. Huzzah! huzzah.